we'll begin the recording. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm recording now. Oh, I'm, not, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, let's begin the recording process. All right. You've got all your uh, things done. Your original sound off. You've... Yeah. Ron, your sound <laughs> on. Right? Yes. Yes, Dan. Yeah. Um, hey, did you... What? Did you fix the uh, podcast problem on the weekend? I, I make, you know... You do thousands of shows. Uh, you know, sometimes there's going to be a mistake. I just forgot to put the show where it's... And did you hear about the problem we had Thursday? Oh, yes, quite a bit. Uh, it was quite lingering, too. Yeah. Even Darren phoned me, what the fuck's going on? What no, it was lingering on Spotify. Every, everywhere else, Boone fixed it immediately, but Spotify took a day, and I, I got well, I got a text from... Who did I get a text from? Dan or Darren? Somebody. Well, I definitely, I text you for sure. Yeah. Because I talked to Darren, because he said, what the fuck's going Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, it was what happened was the show was only 47 seconds long. Which is not the show. <laughs> Which was. But only, and then once it was fixed, Spotify took a day, I guess, to make that change. Anyway. Anyway. Hey. Oh, they were busy with Joe Rogan stuff. That's right. You know, mistakes happen. They're going to happen. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Um, before we start, did you hear that story? The guy that... Uh, here's how I heard of it. The guy who apparently had a chicken in his ass. What? Yeah. It, it, okay, fast forward. It's probably fake. But yesterday afternoon... Pardon me? You think? Nah, you know, the funny thing is, it's so hard to tell. If you go to the actual site, it looks like a legitimate story. And then you read it. It reads like a legitimate story. But you're, the reason I bring it up is because yesterday afternoon, I'm watching golf, and I'm looking at Twitter, and a bunch of Humble and Fred people were like, Hey, Howard, you guys are going to be talking about the guy that has a live chicken up his ass? <laughs> I'm like, this is what people think of us. When, when, when stories like this break, the first people they think of are you and I. This is the first I've heard about it. You can only—it's only the chicken's head, right? No. Oh no! <laughs> you can't put a whole chicken up your ass. That's well, physically impossible. Maybe uh, yeah. the chicken's head. Well, according to this story, the Indiana egg farmer transported a hospital with a live adult chicken stuck in his rectal cavity. Whoa. So that's, a, with- that's impossible. Well, you know, because the chicken would die sooner or later, wouldn't it? If well, that was actually uh, uh, the case. Upon arriving on the site, they found the fifty-seven. <laughs> they found the fifty-seven-year-old inebriated, goes without saying, bloodied yeah. and naked on the hen house floor with a loudly clucking five-pound chicken sticking out of his rectum. Well, if it was clucking, that means it wasn't head first, and if the chicken's too wide to put up your ass, come on, an adult chicken. Okay, um, now the, he's co- the feathers are going backwards when you're putting it up the other way. The paramedics briefly tried to remove the agitated bird from its uncomfortable position, but to no avail. Well, I think Howie, that's one of those stories. Somebody <laughs> sat behind a computer and thought, "Boy, let's see this go viral. What's going to happen?" And there's the result. We're talking about it right now. Doctor Thomas says, "I don't really know." How the bird got in there. Both getting it out was so complicated and damaging. I can't imagine that getting it in could have been any fun either. <laughs> no. I mean, seriously, just think about 
physically impossible. Let's go around yeah. the table now. What's the biggest thing you've had up your ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first thing I tweeted was a chicken finger, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe two chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd bring it up. The biggest thing I've ever... Is my doctor's stubby finger. That's the biggest thing I've ever had. Like a well, chicken Wait a second. Your, your doctor's name is Stubby Fingers. <laughs> doctor. Like his stubby fingers up my earth, and that's uncomfortable. So tell me how. Look. All right. Look at a skinned chicken. Yeah. In the grocery store and tell me they can go up your ass. Well, this guy's a big guy. This farmer's a big guy. I don't care. Like, I always... Just when because I, there's a big guy doesn't mean his arsehole is going to be m- big. M- maybe, Dan. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's like... Uh, okay, maybe, yeah. But whenever I hear these stories, yes, I, I know it's fake. But I like to contemplate the decisions that a person would make leading up to... I know what I know what would be a good idea. I'll stick this chicken up my ass <laughs> because you know that's likely to work out. Mm-hmm. Well, it can't be the first thing he's put up his ass. Pardon me? It, you can't. He had to. It would have had to have worked up to a chicken. Yeah, he I mean, worked he, up. He, he started start with small with yeah, with a gerbil, and then. A, <laughs> No, well, that's, that's what people it. used like, to I mean, know. a gerbil, um, uh, you know, a rodent like that, I, I could see somehow. But even a, a, a gerbil, like, how do you force it up there? You just, like, uh, I don't know. You just get it you up know there. What I mean, like, seriously, even if it's physically possible to go up there, if the gerbil's alive, like, how would you actually, what would the process be to get it up and in there? You'd kill it putting it in. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to put it in a container, yeah. a tube of some sort. Yeah, that's oh, how it works. Is that what you do up there in your Peter? Dan, walk us through. So first you get a workshop. That's right. You get a PVC. You get some piping. Yeah. I think my favorite part of this story is the last line. The ASPA has taken the hen into custody for for the duration of its investigation. Wait, and will treat the hen for any possible symptoms. Of post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> That's great. It's fake story. Oh, is to it? Me, to me, <laughs> the Russians. It's the the Russians. Russians. <laughs> to me, the most interesting part of this story is the fact that you guys avoided answering. What's the biggest thing you've ever had up your arse? I, I answered it right away. Oh, two, did you what? I, I didn't said, catch that. What was I it? I said two chicken, <laughs> two chicken fingers. Oh. <laughs> and now, let's begin this show. <laughs> See Dan again. Gone no. quiet. <laughs> oh, no. Listen. Yeah. Dan used to live in San Francisco. Come on. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in Brampton and Toronto. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who thought about welcoming the spring sunrise by dancing naked outside, but then realized that they'd be dancing naked outside. It's Humble and Fred. Nice work there, Dan Duran. Yeah, don't get sucked in by spring. Uh, I can't remember. Thursday, Friday were pretty warm. The weekend was crap. Today's going to be nice. And then you were telling me, I looked at this whole week, and it's going to be raining and unsettled. And then you told me that 
what, there's some freezing rain or fr- no, there's some freezing temperatures coming. Yeah. Wednesday, a freezing rain day. And then I think by Sunday, the high is minus one with a, a low of minus nine. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That's I, great. You know, those things, although you don't have an iPhone, you get these memory things that come up on your on your phone so often, your pictures. It's pretty cool the way it does. It's almost like Spotify, right? It gathers pictures on its own and then makes little albums, and then you can... Anyway, one I looked at yesterday was me and Darren, my buddy Darren, our buddy Darren, in Florida six years ago at Jay's Spring Training. Wow. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, man, I thought of that this morning when I saw the weather forecast. Yeah. Yesterday, I watched the Jay's uh, Spring Training game for a while on TV, and everybody's sitting there basking in 75, 80-degree weather. Very nice. Dan Duran, you, you used to be a weatherman. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, it's March. Well, that, I was going to say that it, we all, it, Canadians, we all get this kind of thing we go okay if we can just make it to spring everything will be great but as we all know from living here for a while basically from now until okay i'll say it the may 2-4 weekend it can just be shitty at a moment's notice <laughs> you know it can bounce around You're right, that's what yeah. i mean like like thursday friday were beautiful and then today's going to be nice but, you know, that's just part of the springtime weather we get here where, yeah, I don't think it'll be minus 20 again, but it could. Yeah, but we're bouncing around uh, temperatures that are in the, uh, well, they're all above zero. I mean, it may be Sunday. I think the, the overnight low might be zero or, no, zero and minus six for the overnight on Sunday is what we're looking at. All right. But uh, as far as, but I mean, we're starting with a high of 11 today and then it starts to, you know, bounce around to that territory. It's all above zero for the most part. Yeah. So, yeah, we might get a bit of snow here and there, but it's March. That's but, why you don't start planting and do all that stuff. Right. Okay. Now. Thank you. Dan, well, when is your so birthday? March 27th. Is your uh, birthday yeah. March 27th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch. How old are you going to be this year? No, I know. He doesn't like um, to say. No, uh, I am, uh, I think it's. 64? Oh, come on. 63? 64? 64. Somewhere there. How do you not? It's a bit he's doing. He just does this bit year after year. I don't know how old I am. I don't keep track. I don't. I forget about it. I don't want to know. Why do I so want to think about were, my age? You were born in 58? Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like the rest of us are walking around every day going, I am this age. I just, if I'm asked my age, I could probably come up with it in a second or two. You know... Yeah, same here. Um, <laughs> here's the here's the deal with you, Dan. I think you have a bright future because honestly, you still like to dabble in the acting with the agent and the auditions. Distinguished old man, that's you. There's got to be a million parts for that distinguished old man. Because look at you, you're 64, but you have that look about you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Fred. That makes me feel good. Running up to <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it really part, did. That's not great. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, thank you very much you for you your right? ser- for your service to this All right. this program. It's uh, always appreciated. Dan Duran's uh, news is coming up today, and just a little teaser. Dan will be talking about. Oh, the uh, there's a. a poison frog that uh, is uh, <clears throat> in danger of uh, 
for interesting reasons. Oh, that's He's right. in danger of uh, dying out. The psychedelic uh, frog. And what else, Dan? Yeah. There's new ISO standards for sex toys. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Speaking yeah. of things up your bum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought I'd bring that out. You know, I would believe this guy's story if it was a rubber chicken. You know, he's one of those comedians. Hey, I know what I'll do. Let's take a rubber chicken on my ass. No, I'll I'll go with you. As far as I'll go is with you. The chicken finger. I I can see that. Like frozen? Frozen chicken fingers. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, coming up uh, a little bit later. Mark Hebsher will be our gig sky guest of the day today. And lots to talk about with Mark, of course. You know, our uh, NHL trade deadline shows are legendary. We're going to be talking about that with uh, Hebsey as well. Uh, We will be talking about Blue Jays. Speaking of which, you were watching a Jays game. I was watching a golf tournament that was uh, in that Clearwater area. You know, it was about about an hour or so outside of downtown Clearwater. And I was reminded about just how nice that community is and how beautiful you know I, I was thinking about something you you say and have said to me and others you know that's only 20 hours south of here but they're like a full month or two ahead of us in weather right like they're all like our yeah go ahead and comment no no you're right it's yeah it's aggravating well I've told you neighbor John <clears throat> he does a lot of old neighbor John previous neighbor John mm-hmm. um you know, he does a lot of work in, like, in Ohio and everything, and just the way the jet stream is, like, like he'll go down there next week, and it'll be, like, high 60s, yeah. low 70s, just that far, like, five or six hours, Howard, is huge different. Well, yeah, and, and so if, if five or six hours south of here is a month ahead of us, mm-hmm. 20 hours south of here, they're already experiencing what we're going to get in the first couple of weeks of June. Uh, before we yeah. get any further, yeah. I thought I'd just pop in here and tell you that this program is brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy! You know, what I, I wanted to... And by the way, our GoDaddy guest, uh, I think tomorrow, is an old friend of our show named Mark... Um, Saltzman. Thank you. Jesus. Mark Saltzman will be here tomorrow and, and talk about his association with GoDaddy. And, and there's a guy that has been creating online content for years like GoDaddy. And they're 25 years servicing over 20 million customers. No credit card is required. Think about that. You can start your website for free. Just go there. GoDaddy.ca and learn more and uh, take uh, advantage of their 24-7 free and friendly phone support. GoDaddy.ca is where you learn more. And before Freddie gets into uh, what he's going to tell us, I want to thank our uh, friend uh, Keith Wyland for this recommendation. Never heard of this band before. It's called The Greyhounds. little funky tune called What's On Your Mind. Oh. Yeah, it's cool. You know, in the early stages of the show, he used to send us stuff all the time. And uh, he started sending me some stuff recently. It's good. What do you want to talk about, Fred? Who do you want to tell us about? Why would you talk about taking advantage? How about taking advantage of the Chamber Plan? Chamberplan.ca is where to go. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chambers Plan Canada's leading group benefit plan for one to, say, 100 employees. It can be done. Yes, it can be done. Small business can have a benefits package. We're talking 
you know, prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies, depending on the level that you buy in at. They have the Teladoc system. And the key thing here for small business, of course, you think, okay, I'm going to get into this thing and then my premiums are just going to keep going up and up and up. You know, they've got me, but now I can't afford the premiums. No. You've heard Brett Tanner talk about it on the show. They do a remarkable job of keeping premiums under control. Of course, that's part of it with small business. You have to. You have to keep it affordable, and they do. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's a button there, a badge. It says, get a free quote. Well, why don't you do that? Chamberplan.ca. Yourself. I don't know where I came across. This is uh, a band you've heard of called Toots and the Maytals. And they're doing John Denver's Country Roads. <laughs> you know, on Spotify, there's a there's a whole section of uh, reggae covers, eh? Oh, yeah. When I say reggae covers, I don't mean reggae songs covered. I mean reggae, regular pop songs done. Kind of like, like this. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. And, and um, it's pretty cool. I've got a whole collection of them in a, in, a, in a folder or whatever you call it, a library, a playlist. That's it. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> you know, was, I was playing ping pong with Rachel yesterday here at my home. And uh, I'm, we, we have this, uh, I don't have a ping pong table, but I have like a, a little novelty thing that has a net that you can put on a table oh, and then play ping nice. pong on it. Yeah. Oh. And... We like to listen to music while we're playing ping pong. And one of the things I like about Spotify, but I don't take advantage very often, are the radio stations. And they're basically curated music based on your choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just chose, I don't even know what it was. It might have been Donald Fagan Radio or Doobie Brown. I can't remember. what. And all it is is just a, a radio station they've created based on your choices. And... Every song is one that you... It's weird how they know all the songs that we would like. It's... I know it's stupid, but... But but, but don't you... And I, and I run into this with Sirius XM, XM sometimes with... Um, uh, with the... What, what do you call it? Uh, there's First Wave. What's the, the other one? Oh, First Nation. Oh, okay. Or uh, Alt Nation, I'm sorry. Every so often there's a song and you think, <clears throat> how did they choose that one? And I noticed with the radio station ones, sometimes it'll be go- clicking along and I'll think, wow, that's, how did they choose putting that song in there? But that's what I find myself doing quite often. But uh, on Sirius XM, yeah, it's sometimes I want to call the program director and say, hey, you had just such a great set there. Why did you put that sucky, cheesy song in the middle of it? Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's not, it's, and again, it's going to sound stupid. These aren't being, on Sirius it might still be programmed, but I doubt it. It's just a computer program they're using, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I have this thing. So when I'm listening to Sirius, uh, one of the channels we listen to is 70s on 7. Because it's songs that we can sing along to. And I may have told you this, but I always laugh when the guy who's doing the DJ show, he always says, hey, I'm in for so-and-so. And my bit is... No one knows who you are or, or the guy you're in for. So don't worry about telling us your name. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why don't you phone the series? <laughs> I know. Um, <clears throat> and yeah. I say it every time Rachel rolls her eyes and I'm like, I don't. Okay, J-Bo. No one cares. I, uh, and I, I was saying this to my brother-in-law during uh, our break or when we were in Florida. 
I said, do you have Sirius XM? Because I had it in my truck. And he said, no. And people still think it's a lot more expensive than it is. The deal you can get for Sirius now, <clears throat> what it breaks down to a month, it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's fantastic. Right. Like, I mean, it's a great bargain. And um, it's just so much better than regular FM terrestrial radio, which... You know, it's super programmed and has all those commercials and all that nonsense around it. Um, I would, people should look into that is what I'm saying. Yeah. For what it costs, it's way better for just driving around and listening to music. It just is. Well, because the music channels we're talking about, Lithium, Alt Nation, 70s on 70. Yeah, there are disc jockeys, there are announcers, but they pop in so infrequently and really don't what you're not getting versus FM radio is you're not getting long extended islands of commercials you know on the talk channels you do on CNN and and those type of things you're getting the commercials that are playing on CNN at the time but on the music channels you're not yes um, yeah that's for sure and the thing is the you know the formats are they can be adventurous too like a lot of terrestrial radio if they have a format they don't get too adventurous outside of you know whatever the billboard charts are saying if you listen to some like spectrum it can be very very interesting yep they play new stuff old stuff you know another good one is mosaic another yeah. sort of different there's some old stuff on there um, all right, let's switch gears. Today is the day. I don't have the exact uh, stuff in front of me, but today is the day mask mandates are to, uh, I guess we're easing those now. Here's what you need to know as Ontario moves to lift. It's mask mandates today. What do you think? Let's go for it. <clears throat> Why not? I mean, there's some question. They thought they should wait for two weeks after March break yeah. to get a lay of the land. Um, and I guess there's something to that. But, <laughs> you know, it's like we follow the science. We've all along. We follow the science and the science. People have said, no, we're OK. Mm. I'm sure if they thought you had to keep it closed down for a couple more weeks, they would. Uh so I'm all good with it. Let's see what happens. Hospitalization uh, likely to rise. Modeling suggests. Was it you and I sure. having this conversation about wastewater or was it Rachel and I? I can't remember anymore. I think it was it was you guys. Uh, well, apparently they can tell by the wastewater mm-hmm. what the level of infection Mm-hmm. Uh, this is based uh, the new modeling released Thursday by Ontario Science Advisory Table suggests based on a slight uptick in wastewater data I guess they test it uh, we mm-hmm. could soon see a rise in hospitalizations and ICUs mm-hmm. I bring it up because of an article I sent you and the title of the article was if you thought COVID was over congratulations you're an idiot And it's quite detailed, and it goes on to explain where we're at. And this is in terms of this BA2 variant. I want to put it out there only because, you know, let's not be surprised when there is another, you know, wave of this virus. 
Yeah, I read that article. I mean, I take a little exception with it because I don't think it's over. But I think we've got to get on with it. You know, it's like I, I don't know what the alternative is. You know, you can te- you can test for COVID. Testing for mental health is a whole different ball game. And I, you know, in that article I was talking to you about last week, they you know they they're saying like forty percent of people under forty are, are suffering on some level with mental health through this thing. Where's the balance? Like where? Like, Howard, they couldn't shut this society down again. They just can't. So I don't know what they're going to do or what, how we're going to deal with it. But but if they shut it down again, you know, COVID's going to be the least of our problems. Okay. Yeah, I'm, you're not, I'm not arguing against that, but I will argue for this. Just because of what you said... It doesn't make this. It's not going to make this go away. And 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 just because of what you said, and I agree with most of what you said, not all of it, but some of it. Like, yeah, we 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 have. Listen, we both both you and I have. All of our children are under forty, and all of our children are struggling in Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Believe me, they are. Mel, Dan, Charlie, Spencer—they're all Mm -hmm. having their issues. Oh yeah. But just because we don't want it shut down again doesn't mean we may not need to. And that's what I'm listen, I don't I'm not arguing that we should. I'm just saying, like, you know, are we at a place? I'm asking the question. Are we at a place where we thought we were last fall, which was this is behind us? Oops. No, it's not. Because if you look at what's happening in the UK, if you look at what's happening in Germany, if it's if you've all these places in this article, and I just went to the uh, you know the Worldometer, and there's sure enough, I mean France, Germany, you know, there's lots of case counts. South Korea exploding with numbers. It's just that I sent you that article because it outlines that maybe this isn't as over as we'd like it to be. And one last thing I'll say. So we're basically one of the the points the article makes is this. We're two years into the pandemic. We're only one year into fighting the pandemic. And lastly, because it's only been a year that we've had vaccines, you know, you know, uh, mandates, masking, widely accepted, etc., um, the other thing, the point that the article makes I thought was interesting is that the the Spanish flu of 2018 lasted 35 months. We're only 24 months into this. Yeah. No, I know. But, uh, but we're going to, ha- yeah. I, honestly, I don't know what to say because, yeah, we're not over it. I don't think anybody thinks we're over it. No, I, I mean, think a lot of I, I think, think people think that we're over it. Oh, well, maybe, I guess. But I don't know what to say. We're going to have to attack it differently. I mean, so if if there there's a recurrence, I mean, y- you look at a lot of the data, too, the deaths, the, the profiles of the people. At some point, society is going to have to say, you know what? <clears throat> For the sake of all, we can't continue to pun. I don't want to use the word punish. Everybody... No longer can everybody pitch in to save a few. And that sounds cold and horrible, but to me, the biggest fear of all of this is that announcement. We're shutting things down again because 
uh, it just it, it it'll be ugly. It really will be ugly. It's already and, been ugly. You think about <clears throat> pushback. Oh no, yeah, but this will be uglier. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very. Pushback. Hey, hey I, I I don't know if I, I'm I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I don't want it to be. No, I know. I'm you just don't worried. I'm worried that just because we so are we're so tired of all of this that we might be setting ourselves up for a yet another deadly wave okay. of something or you know something else something worse coming. But <clears throat> so what then? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, today's the day where I, I, I me personally, I know yeah. we don't, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to Sobeys later. You don't have to have a mask on anymore. In fact, yesterday I was in there picking up something and I already saw for the first time somebody without a mask on. Now, why would they do that? I don't know. Just because I guess they're one day earlier, but I won't, I won't take my mask off in Sobeys today. Oh, I will. <clears throat> it all well. It all depends. If I was in Costco and it was crowded, I'll put it on. If I go to Sobeys, Sobeys and there's nobody in there, I won't. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to have one on me, but. Uh, and when it when is that end date? You know what I mean. P- people are. You know, it's sort of political now too. It's if you don't like the government, then you disagree. You know, the mandate shouldn't be ending. And mm-hmm. if yeah. you don't care and you think it's over, then you think they should be and on and on and on. And, you know, I read an article on the weekend and it, it all depends, you know, articles. It all depends on what side you fall down on <clears throat> saying how kids, you know, public school kids, little kids like my grandkids have suffered in school by wearing a mask all the time it just actually impedes their ability to learn because you know it's this thing that's between them and reality mm-hmm. and i talked them to Malin. i said are the kids they're going back tomorrow i said are they gonna wear a mask she said no i'm no she says i'm rolling the dice they both been vaxxed they both have two vax you know it gets back to that thing i've done all i can what is the date where we say yeah to, that, that we make this move, that we make these decisions to go to the next phase. You know, I, I've thought about you know, hearing about your grandkids and your daughter. And, of course, my, my brothers have grandchildren, but they're babies still. Yeah. Uh, they're, everyone's been affected, but I, I can't imagine that age group. I think that age group was probably one of the most affected groups just because it's so weird. What can we yeah. t- talk about something? You know, I've only visited with your kids you know, once in the last couple of years, but talk about something that we have no reference for. I watched, you know, John and May took me to where they go to school and their house and they were showing me their computers and it all seems so bizarre and we have no reference for what that may or may not, what effect that may have on them. I'm, well, only, th- I'm only throwing this out there that there's a lot of people who don't think that we're, we've got this behind us yet. And it goes to our all societal the, the, the impatience. Do think what this is behind? Uh, oh, I know, but it yeah, goes. Yeah. It just goes to our cultural impatience and our cultural. And I agree that you know we can't. You know, I had dinner with my daughter last night. I know that. You know, it's not all great. You know, she's got a great job, but you know, she was supposed to spend the last two years in 
another uh-huh. city doing, you know, life was supposed to be different for her. And, and it's not. Yes. And here's the, here's the way I look at it, too. Over this two years, we've learned so much. And now we've learned. I think we're at the point now. And again, there's no denying it's still out there. It's just if another wave comes, we're going to have to figure out another way to deal with it. You know, we were talking about Colt and Dan's son. This kid from 17 to 19 had his life shut down. Just think about that when you were 17 to 19. Yeah. And what that could do to you psychologically. Sure. Like, like how do you do that math? You know, and some people talked about this right out of the gate, and it was sort of poo-pooed. Like, what about the mental health aspect of this? Well, now I think that is a serious, serious issue. I really believe it. And, like, and how do you balance it? Like, how do you, if there's another wave, like, how do you deal with the mental health aspects while you're shutting a society down again on some level? It's, again, I don't want, I'm glad I'm not in that yeah. position to make those to make those decisions. Well, I think I said this to Mel, or I said it about Melanie, your daughter. I said, you know, of all the scenarios, I'm glad I didn't have a six and an eight-year-old during this. You know, because not not just because of the mechanics of dealing with it, but also the mental and the stressful and the wondering. You know, Spencer, I mentioned this the other day, Spencer finished college. Yeah. Literally... At the beginning of the pandemic and for most of the first year was sitting around wondering when when am I going to get back into the industry I've just been training to be part of, you know, six and eight years old, six and eight year olds like my grandkids. Yeah, they know different, but to them, there's not a lot of processing going through it other than just having this thing and maybe a little more difficulty breathing which makes it a little more difficult to learn while you're at school and all that kind of thing but people like spencer and colton who i mentioned a second ago you know they know what life was like before this thing yes you know a pretty good idea like colton was a teenage boy and then you hit your 17 to 19 years i mean that's when you start drinking and that's when you start I'm you sorry, know. that's when you start drinking. What else, uh, Freddie? You know, mm-hmm. having relations with girls and mm-hmm. like I, wow. Anyway, this whole thing has just been, you know, and, you know, real estate and the cost of things and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and again, We're I at a that, breaking point, man. Well, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are. But but so what? I mean, just just because we say that, that's that's why I sent you the article, because it let me just finish that. Yeah, we're all fatigued of it. I everything you say, everything I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm tired of what it's doing to all of it. But, you know, let's take the war, for example. You know, this this thing is going on. It's it's decimating people's lives and. You know, can you imagine how fatigued people in Ukraine are of it, what psychologically it's doing to them? But just thinking that doesn't do anything. It's not like it's it's going to be it's going to continue. I don't know if that's the best analogy. My point is we have to deal with it differently. No, I know that it's not going to go away. Yeah, it's just we have to the next phase. It's two years behind us. We got to come up with a different solution. We got to we got to come up with a different game plan now. 
yeah. because there's so many issues that have been created through this. And it can be done. Yeah, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying about the Ukraine, the analogy I'm drawing is that just wishing it doesn't make it so. Just wanting it to be different doesn't... Again, the article, basically, its point was just because you feel tired or you you think we have to do something different, what what if that's not true? What if there is nothing to be done other than locking down again, taking measures again? I know you're right. I don't want to do it. And there might be another revolt... But the fact is, we could, we're still dealing with a, a, a very deadly virus. And just because today the Ontario government has said we can stop wearing masks and indoor settings, restaurants, gyms, stores, those individuals and businesses can still, re, can still choose to, if they want, mm-hmm. to require masking. I guess I'm only making the point that it doesn't matter how fatigued we are. That we're still in this thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, you know, know. yeah. And we I, should deal with I, it differently. I, pardon? Yes, we should deal with it differently. But what if we can't? What if the hospitals get overrun again? What if, like last year, you know, around this time, things looked like they were opening up. And then a few weeks into, you know, March, April, all of a sudden we're shut down again for six or seven weeks. Oh, it's no good. I know that. Yeah. Well, Yeah. They, I, I don't know. They, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Because it's, uh, again, I, I, you know, it gets back to that whole thing. Again, now just repeating myself. It's, yes. You just do the balance. It's like to save that side, what what are you destroying on the other side? Oh, yeah. Who makes that decision? Yeah, let me let me uh, you know come back over now and say, uh, you know, I don't I don't want any of this. You know, I wish you know I I, I said to maybe it was you or Rachel, but I, and I'm I've even opened up my portfolio statement because I don't want to. I know it's shitty. You know, it's not like, as bad as you think. No, but still, I, I just figure. Well, I don't need to. That information isn't going to do anything for me right now, other than bum me out. You know, so I just leave it alone because because, you know, when things start to turn around, so will it, you know, same with the war. You know, I just keep looking every day for some ray of hope and 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 then or some I some hope that it will be over. But when you you know, I was watching CNN this morning before you came on and it's, you know, what they've done to those cities there. Even if they stopped everything right now, a lot of the those cities that they've been shelling, they're on, they, they're not going to be able to salvage mm-hmm. anything. Those buildings are destroyed. The economy in Ukraine will be destroyed for years to come. What effect is that going to have on us? Yeah, I, I had jotted that down. It's funny over the weekend, I didn't spend a lot of time with the war and it's funny out of sight, out of mind. Eh? Yeah, it's weird. Now that's going on over there. Yeah. People are dying. They're having their homes and their businesses blown to bits. And just because, for whatever reason, what I was doing this weekend, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. And it's like a lot of wars prior to like social media and the twenty-four hour newsreel. They took, they were taking place, and you know, every so often you heard about it. And then, you know, today being Monday, I'll probably revisit it and then be brought down by it as well. 
Um, well, I made that point to you, you know? last week. I said, you imagine in World War II where you only got news from newspapers, radios, and going to the movies. Right. You think about life in North America then, other than in Canada when young men and women were going off to mm-hmm. basic training and things like that. But day-to-day life in North America in World mm-hmm. War II was pretty much unaffected. Right. Oh, no, I know. And like... Like this. I mean, you, you know, we tend to be a bit, you know, you know, we've worked in and around information news gathering our whole lives. So we're a little more like that. There's a lot of people that don't spend a lot of time reading the news or watching the news. And it's this whole thing to them is over there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Not like it would have been years before, before social media and the 24 hour newsreel, but or uh, news services. But yeah. Um you know, it's the same thing with COVID. I mean, we talk about Florida and when I was down in South Carolina or down through Ohio and stuff like that. It isn't the news there that it is here. Or it's not digested as news the way it is here. For better or worse. It's it's just weird. You know? Or they don't have hospital capacity problems the way you do. I mean, that's the biggest story through all of this for Ontario, is how inadequate our hospitals were. Like, it's... Yeah. So what happens in Ohio when you're down there in, you know, January or February and everybody's wa- carrying on like it's, you know, COVID is over? What, what are they looking at day to day? Like, are they looking at numbers? Is it the first story on their newscast at night that's what the stuff that goes through my mind yeah no i I don't you know but back to taking uh a break from watching war and and the coverage and you know you i again I, i think i made this point a couple of times in the last couple of weeks about if you want to step away and basically live your life here in Canada, in Toronto, wherever you are, and ignore what's going on there. Like we had that conversation with Charity Intelligence, you know, .ca on Thursday, that wonderful person whose name I don't remember, but she's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, she thought we were legends. But I mean, we had that conversation and then I really didn't talk much about the war all weekend long. Right. And, you know, here we are, we're lucky. And, and then you hear, and then I, every once in a while I'll turn on CNN and I hear about this many million people, 1.5 million children. You want to talk about psychological effects of wearing a mask to kindergarten. What are those kids going to, what's, what are, what's life for those kids going to ever be again? No, they're, they're fucked. To All live right. through that, you're, yeah, it's like, it's like trauma, like immeasurable yes like sexual abuse or you know things that happen in your life that you never ever get out will get over no exactly um you know what's nice i'll tell you what's nice we can uh take a little break from it all and uh have a nice chat with our friend mark hebsher he's a nice boy marcus hebsher host of uh hebsey on sports longtime friend of the program all growing up now doing his own podcast i remember when he first came in here 
trying to figure out how podcasting worked, and now look at him. She don't like I'll tell you who Mark Hebsher is. Mark Hebsher is the Gig Sky guest of the day. Are you aware of that? Yes. There he is again. Let's get him settled, and then I'll tell you a little bit about Gig Sky. Uh, Download the Gig Sky app today and enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Visit GigSky.com for more information. It is uh, a great way to stay connected for uh, Android or iOS, IRS, iOS. The easiest, most affordable, and convenient way to stay connected internationally. And look at the GigSky rewards. If you go to GigSky.com, all the information is there. He is our GigSky guest of the day. He is Mark Hebsher. Welcome back to the program. Welcome back from your little uh, sojourn down there to uh, Florida. Never again, Howard. Never. Again. <laughs> why? Why is that? Because getting out of the getting out of the country is no problem. Out of the United States, getting back into Canada, you have to have this test. It has to be done uh, inside of twenty four hours prior to the uh, departure of your flight. Yeah. So first of all, you yeah, have. Yeah, we all just went through it. You have to be a calculus major and figure out. Anyway, Mark, that ends April first. Did you not hear? Yeah, but Fred, I came home the other day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you see, I know. I tried hey, to explain know, to him. I said, hey, the next week. No, you said never home. again. We, well, you said never again. That's why I'm addressing. But that. you know what, Mark? I, I, let me just jump in. I will tell you that I went away. Uh, we went away in in November, and we both just came back in a couple weeks ago. I said the same thing. I said this is. The, the Arrive Canada app and trying to figure out when you're supposed to get and the kind of test you're supposed to get. I said to Rachel, I said, I don't know how people do this because it's added such a layer of aggravation. What oh. I said to her was, remember the old days when you could just show up at the border with your passport? It's, it's a lot of aggravation. Howie, yes, there was a day is. all you needed was your birth certificate. Uh, I was going to say that. The driver's license, exactly. And you could have a smoke. Well, you could have <laughs> That's a right. I was going to say, you'd, have a, you'd have a smoke and a beer. You'd say, immigration, schmimmigration. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what I... No, uh, if, I, if I'm correct here, coming back into Canada, Canada as a Canadian, you don't necessarily need a passport. You need You can show ID to get back in. I wouldn't know. But I'm anyway, afraid, I know. I'm afraid and, now, Fred, to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, have you got your papers? Really, that's what yeah. it comes down to. And so when you're down there and the American goes, oh, you see, you got to have your papers. You see, it's like, you know, you see, we, mm-hmm. we're not wrong. How many yeah. vaccinations have you had? Like, I met people who had had, had been vaccinated once. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, OK, I can get a little. I don't know. How do I feel about that? Did you am I supposed to reveal by status? Because I was just enjoying the person's company. And then they said, you know, I've only been vaccinated once. Yeah, it's a weird, I know what you're talking about. It's a weird, it's kind of a weird conversation. But you know what, Fred and I have discovered, because we spent a month in the States, that for the most part, where we were, people were very respectful. Masking yes. masking wasn't mocked. I never had an encounter with anyone where I was in California. Lots of similar masks, uh, rules to ours. But what was your experience talking to Americans? Was it a bit prickly at times? Not at all. Yeah, okay. Not at all. Really. They, uh, Where were I think, you? I, we were in Florida. We, were, we went down for spring training. Yeah, but Fred, oh, uh, area. Howard, okay. remember this, okay? I hadn't been in years. And so now finally a vacation where I could go to a bunch of Jays games. I didn't have to cover them. I didn't have to report mm-hmm. back to the station. So nice. we're looking forward to all that. And, of course, we did not get to see any games because the, the, the games didn't start until after mm-hmm. we left. 
Yeah. Uh, and I tried to get in one day. Like, I know Rich Griffin's the PR director there. And it's like, you don't understand, man. You're you're not mainstream media. You we would you can't be accredited because we accredit. You know, if you get accreditations then every podcaster. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tried to sneak in one day. I told him who I was. <laughs> I don't know. And they, shut, they sort of shut the gates. No trespassing. Kind of. Is Bo Bichette around? Do you know who I used to be? Exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> that is. But that that's a good point too. I wanted baseball and I wanted golf. The beach yeah. was a lovely thing to have as well, but I really wanted baseball. I needed to. I just sort of needed that in person. And, and I didn't Freddie, what were you, what were you saying? That was a good point. The uh, well, the, the the whole podcasting thing, accreditation. You know, yeah. As far as accreditation goes, it's like everybody and his brother's a podcaster now. They're not given. They're not given accreditation to podcasters. Mark, where exactly were you? Were you in the area? We were in a place called Madeira Beach. Oh, okay. I know Madeira. Right. Do you know what? Is that Clearwater Dunedin? Is that what that is? Yes, exactly what it is. But see, there's, I mean, every, if you just drive another kilometer, you're in a different beach. You're in, you know, uh, you're Indian Rocks Beach. You're in uh, Reddington Beach. So it really is maybe, I don't know, 30 blocks of beach area. But the, but there's a lot of, I mean, where we were, were hardly any Canadians, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. There's people from Wisconsin and were people from Kansas and and uh, the girls from Kentucky kind of a thing. And it wasn't um, it wasn't like Daytona Beach was or Fort Lauderdale was spring break. It wasn't like nuts. Mm-hmm. It was more families and more mature. And we really enjoyed it. It was really nice. And the people were just it was like I, it was like being in Toronto, except everybody from Toronto went to the same beach. Yeah. But they weren't all Canadians. Just nice people having. Oh, hi, how are you? And. It was cool. You know, one guy with a Leaf jersey I saw. One guy I'm going, go Leafs, go. And he kind of gave me, he didn't know who I was, which was fine too. Okay, well, there's three, there's two, there's three big topics we want to get to. And let's start with the trade deadline. Uh, today's NHL trade deadline. Is this, is this the day that, is it TSN and, and Sportsnet will be on all day? That's the Food Network. Okay. Uh, they're all at the Food Network. It's trade deadline. So as a guy that dishes for to watch, <laughs> it's not what it used to be. So as a guy that doesn't follow it like you two, uh, Fred mentioned that there's a they've made a defense. They made a um, they've acquired defenseman Mark Giordano. Is that his name? That's right. Toronto boy. Yeah, okay. Sure. Every uh, every guy born in Toronto who was raised as a Leaf fan wants to come back to Toronto. This That's is where they, they come to die. It's, it's, where, it's <laughs> what they say. Yeah, he's from Toronto. Bring him back. He's 38 years old. Oh, great. Um, but but I should point out that when the Leafs last won the Stanley Cup, their average age was about 38. Armstrong, Red Kelly, Alan Stanley, right. Tim Horton. Uh, these guys were like old and everyone said, oh, they're they're too old to win. But that experience combined with some youthful exuberance and may just be the, you know, the concoction that gets the Leafs. The over secret the sauce. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the times have changed a bit as far as the old guy thing goes. Um, as far as the networks. You know, there was a few years there where all the uh, trades on trade deadline day happened, like in the afternoon leading up to the deadline at 3 p.m. All the trades are getting done now a couple of days prior. So I feel you know, these guys are blatantly complaining about it on Sportsnet and TSN going, we're going on TV today and there's going to be nothing to talk about mm-hmm. because most of the trades have been done. And as far yeah. as the the Giordano trade, it's like yeah. well, that's great. Like it's They're not going to win so, the cup because of him. No, it's insignificant. It's nothing. This team maybe two wins in the first round and they're gone. No grit. No, uh, no guts. No goaltending. They no. So chance. why didn't they uh, make a trade for a goaltender? Because they have no. They have no uh, cap space. Right. Exactly back right into a corner. To. They got no money to spend, and they just can't do it. Freddie just hit the nail on the head, Howard. This thing with the, the, the Maple Leafs are built beautifully 
from the outside beautifully tremendous talents but where you really need you really need a great goaltender and unless this guy Schalgren or whatever his name is Schalgren how do you pronounce it Fred Schalgren yeah it starts with a K but you pronounce an S for whatever reason that all the Swedes eh? they're crazy I, yeah so this, so unless this guy turns into Ken Dryden circa 1971 I was or, gonna say you never or know Penny or or Jordan Binnington, or, you know, it gets on a run and it's just fantastic. Uh, I agree with Freddie. But Freddie's Lama, you, you know, weak in the toughest position, the best position. They, they, If you've got a great goalie, you can go far. You could have a mediocre team, but your goaltender just stones the opposition and he gets into right. their head like Carey Price did last year. He got into the Leafs' heads. That's mm-hmm. Carey Price we're trying to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I'm, Leafs also signed, a, they actually signed a goaltender yesterday, and I believe his name is Harry Satari. So exactly I'm, right, it's Harry Satari. Harry. I, 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 Hi, pray, everybody, I, Harry Satari here, Maple Leafs goaltender, Finnish goal, gold medalist of the Olympics. For nothing else, that name, I want Harry Satari in goal for the Leafs. Again, you know, is it, is, is, here's the thing, as an outsider, is there no chance that this guy, this new goaltender, is there no, is there no chance that this might be the the year is this or is this should I even bother? Is there no uh, uh, no? Once they don't don't pay no attention. Pay no attention. The <laughs> once they're in the playoffs, yes, you can okay. pay attention. They are so not built for the playoffs. It reeks. You can see it. You can. Well, they're feel in trouble. It. They're in trouble of becoming yeah. like a wild card team. Boston's mm-hmm. two points no, behind them. It doesn't matter who they play. You know, for the many years that I've been here, I've heard you two and other guys in the world of you know sports talking about what the Leafs really need is a you know some defensemen. Why is this team continually in need of shoring up? Uh, their defense, whether it's goaltending or defense. Why is that? Why is that? They perennially seem to be able to um, field some forwards that are good. Why the rest of the team sucks, you know, I, I each think, year? Howard, if we were sitting in um, Calgary doing this show right now, yes, they'd be saying the same thing about the Flames. But, oh, how come every year? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just so, but so, of course, of course we're, we're, we're in Toronto and that we think that that it's the toughest place to pay, play where there's the highest expectations. It's not. Our expectations are very low. The bar is low. Just win a round. That's right. Nobody expects the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup this year. No, yeah. Nobody. At least, at least but Calgary. just win a round. Win one round. That, and, and to me, that's setting the bar too low. It is. Like, they, like, well, of course it, it is. Go for the Stanley Cup. I mean, why are you playing? You're playing to win the Cup. All right? But the fans are like, just, if we win a round, we'll be thrilled. Stop that. Calgary at least won a great uh, won a Stanley Cup in color. Number one, I'll give them that. Eighty nine. Number and went not to only a that, final. And went to a back, final. Going back to what ha- Howard said, um, why? Like even the profile of this team now. Here we are. You know, the beginning of the season. You know, they. The, you know, uh, what's it said? Jack Campbell was playing well in that, and the defense seemed to be okay. Now we're right back to the traditional problem. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who the player is. They're giving up four and five goals a game. They're giving the puck away in their own end. You're scratching your head, going, "How do professionals do that?" So again, if I sound, sound like a bit of a pessimist, uh, which I am, when it comes to the Leafs, it, there's, to me, there's nothing there, and. Go Jays, go. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see there. Now, you hit another thing there, Freddie, because, you know, Austin, the love of Austin Matthews, the love of Vladdy Guerrero, the love of Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam, we, this city, these teams have some of the great individual players and the great young mm-hmm. individual players in sports. Like if when you were in Boston, when this Bobby Orr is going to be a great player, this Jim Rice or this Fred Lynn, I mean, 
We have that in Toronto now. Now all we need is a championship to go with it because these players individually are so trans. Uh, what do I say? Not transcendental. That would be, yeah, 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 transcendent. I get it. Um, well, let, but let's talk about the Blue Jays because uh, that is, uh, you know, Freddie tells me this is a great team to watch. And uh, spring training was sort of, you know, shortened. But they uh, and the league has been affected by what? By 10 games, maybe it's so instead of 162, there's going to be 150 no, something. No, 162. Well, they are going to play a full. OK, oh, yeah. you so don't think um, these guys want to get paid. No, no I get it. I get it. So but I'm, I just remember here reading a story when the uh, lockout was on anyway. So tell us about this team and why there's hope. Well, this team last year won 91 games. That's a lot of games to win, but they had nothing to show for it. Even with baseball's playoff system, even the, the opportunity to get in as a one game wild card. They couldn't even do that. But at the end of the year, everyone was patting themselves on the back going, we won 91 games. Mm -hmm. We had to play in three different homes. We had to play in Dunedin, in Buffalo, and finally to Toronto. And we still won 91 games. And I went, who gives up? Rats, you know what? You didn't make the playoffs. So you have to improve. And you have to improve against teams like the Yankees in Boston who spend money like drunken sailors. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as the Jays make a move, Boston and the Yankees make a move. Yankees get Josh Donaldson. Uh, Boston went out and uh, and got Trevor Story. I mean, so you have to, it's like the Leafs. You've got to get by two other teams in your division. And they are so talented. I'm not sure their manager knows what he's doing out there, but he's got so much talent that he just writes down Guerrero, Bichette, Springer, uh, Gurriel, Teoscar Hernandez. Now you've got this guy, Matt Chapman, who's a gold glove third baseman. Okay, check. They check all the boxes, but they got to go out and win now. And over 162 games with injuries and Boston and the Yankees and all that stuff. Can they win enough games to make the playoffs? There's more teams in the playoffs this year, too. Right. Yeah. Um, which I, my answer to that question is yes. But you talk about last year with 91 wins. That was such a Toronto moment, the last day of the season. Jays had to win and hope that Boston lost. Mm-hmm. Jays win the game. Boston is losing in the ninth inning. <laughs> That's it looks right, like remember. the Jays are going to make the playoffs. And then bloop, 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 and we're out of the playoffs. <laughs> it, was right. just, it was a great Toronto moment. Just that sinking feeling we're all so used to. That, that the Raptors, to their credit, demolished a couple of years ago but yeah but Freddie, uh, what i remember about that was two three weeks earlier i remember saying to toronto mike on my show the the jays have a 46.5 percent chance of winning of making the playoffs in the right 46.5 percent chance at the time they were i think they had the number one um wild card spot they had games coming up against the Yankees and stuff like that. And we were giddy. And then two weeks later, they had like a 7% chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when we all went, oh, my God, like, you know, numbers don't lie. Look where we were and now look where we are. And this giddiness of this excitement of Vladdy going to mm-hmm. lead the league in homers and Bowen, we're just so good. And then when it came down to it, at home, at the Rogers Center, against the Yankees, they couldn't do it. They lost two out of three key series and you know we just yep. uh close this close again it can't this year cannot happen with this balance yeah. so n- they have to make <clears throat> another year older or another year of experience so 91 I, games in one yep. season well so yep. give me i have two questions for both of you what yes. would what are the expectations and you know they, there's so many great statistics around baseball it's one of my favorite things about it that that you can predict pretty accurately based on all the variables so will this team get more than 91 wins and do you think they'll make the playoffs oh yeah yeah not only yes yes to both uh and with the talent that they've assembled if they don't make the playoffs people are going to get fired 
Okay. Right? All right. We get fired, all right? right. Howard, you're talking about projections yes. and the way it works in yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah. 95, 95 wins usually get you in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they were at 91 and almost made it. This year, I think 91 would actually get you in the playoffs. We'll see because there's, more, there's another playoff team. So that's okay. the deal there. But um, with the talent they have, Howard, there is, uh, there is, it would be a crime. If they didn't make the playoffs with that talent, with the money they've spent, especially on free agents the last couple of years. But I like what what you said about if they don't make the playoffs, it'll be to a point where heads will roll. Okay, mine will be the first Um, Same with the Leafs. I don't want to get into it now. I'll just say if you follow Hebsey like I do on Twitter, there was some interesting debate going on about great Blue Jay. There was a top 10 list I sort of saw you you know, talking about. So go follow Mark on Twitter. Mark's handle is... Hebsy Man. Hebsy Man. On Fridays, he's live with Toronto Mike. Hebsy on sports. And uh, I saved this story as soon as I saw it this weekend. I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about this with Mark and Fred. And it's the story of Leah Thomas. And for you people who aren't familiar with who she is, she is a 22-year-old transgender woman who holds the fastest swim times in the country among NCAA women in two events. But she is the uh, at the center of a heated national debate on transgender athletes. And it affects uh, so many different aspects. But it's an interesting conversation that actually began back in the 1950s. And I think you probably know what I'm going to bring up, Mark. You would certainly yeah, know the tennis. name. You're going to bring up Renee tennis? Richards. Right. Dr. Richard Raskin. Uh, Renee uh, Richards was the uh, a male to female transgendered woman correct and she competed i don't know at what level renee richards competed in tennis but that's where that's how long this the highest level she she played on the pro tour right so that's how long this debate has been going on for martina navratilova and that woman's tennis tour she was a huge had a huge effect positive effect on the women's tennis tour so this this discussion's been going on a long time and you know, it's got a lot of different aspects to it. And I want to dance around the fact that some of the women, the, the story uh, surfaced again this weekend because Leah Thomas won another race as a male swimmer. William was, I think, Freddie, you said ranked 450th, 462. And as a female transgender woman swimmer, Leah Thomas is the number one ranked swimmer in that sport so i've set the table fellas what do you think i have no problem with it at all unless you can come up with a solution whereby everyone's happy which you'll never do uh this uh this person should be able to compete in whatever category um they choose they're given that option and so if i'm a female swimmer and i'm going wait a second i'll never win against this person, mm-hmm. right? That's, I mean, I'm not a female swimmer. I'm sure I would feel differently if I were. Well, I'm that's the thing. Sure I would feel that I'm being ripped off, that it's not Well, fair, that's what that they it's feel. Not, uh, a, it's not a, a fair A lot of reaction from the other female swimmers is basically, they're like, well, I'm now what do I do? Can I give an example? Well, no, but I want Fred to react right. to this. Well, Sorry. Mark, like, yeah. 
Do you really believe that, or are you just saying it because it's the thing to say in 2022? I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying it because it's the thing to say, because if you would have asked me this question in 1994 or whatever, when I was on Sportsline, you know what my answer would be. Yeah, but, but, but see, that's my answer now. It's ridiculous. I don't it is ridiculous. Why. It's ridiculous I, 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 that we're talking can, about Let me it. finish. Why? Like, it, it's, it's a man... It's a, it's a woman, it's a person who identifies as a woman in a man's body. It's just not fair. And I don't care about Leah Thomas, although I, I, I question her integrity, the fact that, like, what do you think you're actually accomplishing by doing this? I feel sorry for all the other female athletes who've trained all their lives to be part of this and now have to jump in a pool with a man. I mean, all the, the proofs in the pudding. 462 ranked as a man in winning the women's division. That's all we need to know about this. It's ridiculous. It, it's great. It's nothing to do with uh, you know, you know, who you identify with and homophobia or nothing. It's just it's biology. It's just not fair to these women. Okay, so let me just jump I'm in, concerned. Mark. Let me jump in and I'll just read to you. They say, Thomas's, dis- Thomas's detractors... There's one say that her male at birth assignment gives her an unfair biological advantage, while supporters say that because Thomas has followed all eligibility protocols, she has the right to compete. And here's what I'll say as well. It's unfair in terms of the physiology going from 460 to 1. And it's sometimes we all have these opinions, broadcasters and, you know, people in 2022, trying to be in line with what's politically correct. Mm -hmm. And I would say, as a dad, you know, yes, if one of my kids transitioned, I would, of course, be supportive. But in the world of high-level athletics, there is an unfair advantage. You can't, you can't, I don't think the debate is, is there an unfair advantage? Because there is. Definitely. This, uh, um, remember uh, Castor Samaya, Freddie, the South African girl who ran uh, same thing, transgendered. Uh, there was a whole, whole huge debate uh, about that. And, um, you know, you put, I mean, talk about politically being politically correct to the nth degree is what this has become. Yes. The fact of that course. we're even talking about the fact that we're even talking about the fact that that, that that a race was set up, that an event was set up where the favorite was so obviously overwhelming, you know, it would be virtually impossible for this to lose. It makes it who would want to watch the competition? Okay. I, I will say this there's nothing more tragic than living a lie. I figure you know, I think of all the you know, men that got married and had kids as homosexuals because society wouldn't allow you to come out. And, and somebody who identifies as a woman and, and they're born a man to have to live that lie. There's nothing more tragic to me than living that lie. But this is living a lie for Leah Thomas. Like, what's the point? Very selfish. And how are you, how are you talking about... Um, you know, a parent. If I was Leah Thomas's parent or dad, I would say, you know what? I'm not sure you want to do this because it really isn't fair and it's not the best thing for your image. Yeah, but let's just take it from their standpoint, though. Leah, uh, William Thomas identified as a woman but was trapped in a man's body. You know, let's just take the other side of the coin for a second. They were living this lie and have decided to come out and transition to this new form and now identify as a woman. 
should that person then never get to compete in the sport that they were they were trained in? I'm I, I'm arguing against myself because I don't believe they should be able to compete. I I just don't. It's in sports like this where there's such a clear physiological advantage. It's just it's it, I mean, what we're seeing now is going to be part of the discussion going forward for years to come. And the example I was going to use, Mark, is if you took a division one kid who you know couldn't make the Oklahoma golf team, if that young man transitioned to a to a young woman would immediately become, you know, potentially just like this, the best women's player in 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 that sport. Yes. Uh, how much red tape would that person have to fight through in order to, you know, uh, be allowed to do this? Again, we talk about the rules. Well, it falls under a certain protocol. I, you know, I guess we have to let them do it. And um, yeah, you don't want it to be that way. But yeah, why not? To prove a point, it's been done before. A kid in high school did it, played for the girls soccer team. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of stories about it. But now once it reaches a national level like this and the discussion is, Come on, you've got to do something about it. Uh, I, I think it's gone too far. For the years that women were not allowed to compete, never at all, never mind against men or mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. that, we've now gone way too far the other way where it is, you shouldn't go into an event questioning if everyone qualifies. The Little League World Series, that kid was 14. He said he was 12. They took it away from him. That's different. Come on. But this is, uh, you know, this is really... Um, Opening something up that I don't think you'll ever find a solution to unless you came up with a category that said uh, transgendered, an event for transgendered persons. That's it. That would be the only way. Now, listen, you could do that. You you could say, look, this is only open to natives, uh, native Americans or native Canadians, or this is only open to this group of people. You can do that. Hey. And, disagree and, and, and listen you know this kid this young woman you know is going to take a lot of it's going to be a, a difficult road for them so i can also spare a little bit of empathy for what they're going to go through i'm reading the story now that when they went on the podium thursday night they were booed and there was a lot of and and, and again we can have empathy I get it. Have empathy for the young women that trained and came in second. But isn't this is not again, if I were her father, this is not the road you'd want your kid to have to go down because it's going to be filled with heartache and 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 aggravation. I haven't I've been looking. I haven't seen an interview with this person yet. Like because I would say like what I I wonder what is what is the motive? Like what what is her motivation? through this because it's your name in the paper no i I disagree this this is well i don't know what it is howard like i i I don't have a definitive answer for that other than you know you're setting yourself up for abuse yes so why are you doing this and the fact is there'll always be like an asterisk yep there there will always be questions like why like why bother and you know like anything else you know, anything else has rules and parameters, and this one, to me, this is easily solved. You were born a male. No, you can't compete in women's sports. Uh, again, the debate is, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, you know, whether it's a. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's, we're not going to solve it in this discussion, no, but it is something no. to be discussed, and I can, I can just tell you mm-hmm. that whatever their motivation is, it ain't going to be easy. 
No. Um, and it probably, I'm sure no. it wasn't easy making the decision to transition into a, to, to become a female and then have the mm-hmm. whatever to continue in this sport. Like knowing you're going to get criticized and it's going to be an asterisk, et cetera. I know anyway. it's a, it, well, it's a tough one. But again, I tend to be a black and white guy, and it's like, to me, it, it, to me, there's not much of a debate here, but that's me. I mean, there are to be, I, obviously, you could sit down with somebody, and I guess they could talk into this on some level, but... Well, they could, I know, mean, only, only from the aspect of, you know, sure, you because that whole biological debate mm-hmm. is part of what this is going to be. Mark Hebsher, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm glad you uh, popped in uh, today. And uh, just to wrap things up, so um, Adam Hadwin, quickly, I said to Freddie, he faded a little bit yesterday, but I was pretty impressed with the uh, U.S. coverage of our Canadian, you know, because oftentimes I get aggravated when they, when there's a Canadian in the field in a golf tournament, they never show him. But yesterday they, they focused on him, you know, commiserate with where he was in the tournament. Um, Do you think so that's South cool. African golf fans go, hey, you know, how come they haven't been saying anything about the South <laughs> African guys? He's on yeah. the leaderboard. They keep showing those Americans. Yeah, Why I'm do sure. those American networks? I, I don't think it's anything personal against the fact that he's Canadian. No, I know. But I do get aggravated, <laughs> just like my but dad. Did you not? Did you not love that one shot where he topped it out of the rough and then hit the next one to about six feet? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was. Know, I mean, we've all topped the ball. Well, yeah, I mean, he topped it. He hit a professional. He hit it like eight yards. Yeah, he sculled it. Rough. Oh my god! Right, and then the next one was just like a brilliant recovery. It was spectacular. And that's why we watch him. Uh, Mark Hebsher, uh Fridays is it live at nine a.m. Eastern? It is. Uh, it'll be my first live show in oh, a few weeks because I went on holidays yeah. to uh, the uh, untied states of anemia. And um, <laughs> didn't well, we didn't have good internet, and I'm thinking I don't want to be doing a like live show and <laughs> bouncing in and out like I'm in a yeah, okay. Mark, Mark, if you go into a grocery store today, will you wear a mask? Of course, I will. Okay, but today is the mask off mandate. It's like oh, it's, no, I'll, no, I'll keep wearing. The yeah, mask. me too. No, I'll keep wearing. Uh, Mark Hebsher, nine o'clock uh, Eastern on Fridays. Hebsey on Sports with Toronto Mike, and uh, really our a great guest, our Gig Sky guest of the day. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, man, uh, gentlemen, men, men and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> oh, and by the way, how's Stan doing? I saw that you posted <laughs> yeah. Stan. Yeah, it was, uh, Stan's right? fine. Stan's just it's just tenth. He, I think he turned fine. ten years old Ten's, this yeah, week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, do me a favor, give him a rub behind I the ears for me. Okay? Stan's a good boy. Why he's uh, okay, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Oh. I just put a picture of him yesterday because there was a story about the most popular dog breeds, <laughs> and I said my my favorite dog breed is Stan. <laughs> um, Freddie P. We were talking with Hebsy there about statistics and baseball, and man, one of the great sports to bet on is Major League Baseball. But there's so many others available. At Bodog. Well, I'll tell you, the safest bet is Leah Thomas. <laughs> right? Mm. Although the odds would be lousy. No, uh, that's right. Yeah. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Of course, March Madness is uh, underway now. They're down to the Sweet 16, so I imagine there will be a lot of wagering on that event in the coming days, uh, not to mention uh, hockey and basketball. Bodog is where to go. You know, you said something there in that discussion about, well, you know, it's black and white to you. 
mm-hmm. but you see there's so many aspects for instance mm-hmm. this young man was already a competitive swimmer you can say he was 460th ranked but that's still pretty high level right we'll say a mm-hmm. competing mm-hmm. in the sure division one i'm assuming but you know, in, a, in a country of 300 million yeah. pretty good but but let's say it was different let's say it was a young boy who late sort of in the early teenage years 11 12 13 let's say a young a, a, a human being born biologically a male but at 13 decided that they identified as a female and then transitioned and then began swimming competitively would that be black and white Do you see what I mean? Like, it's easy. See, I I agree that if you're already a highly ranked athlete in your sport and transition, then you're gaming and gaining, I think, an unfair advantage. I, I, I use the example of golf. A six foot two you know, division one player that had already was already highly ranked and then transitioned. I, I think that's a different debate than if you're 13 and you're not ranked, but you transition. So you're biologically a male identifying as a woman competing against other women. Yeah, but to me, the point there is you're going to still develop as a male. Not necessarily, because once you transition, there's drugs and I'm, I get on. I don't know oh. the mechanics of it, but no, you, you're yeah. you're part of your transition you know, is hormonal, and there's lots of things that happen that that impede the development of testosterone. I just think there's, like, it's black and white to you, and and possibly, I guess, given the circumstances I've described, it would be black and white to me. It's an unfair advantage, you know, if if, Mm -hmm. if Buddy at Ohio State all of a sudden starts competing against women. But -hmm. if it's a young kid... Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess you'd have to deal with that as it came along. Uh, yeah. Food for thought. Good. Uh, uh, that's a good question. Who knows? Yeah. Listen, like because, I said, it goes back the, a long if they, time. If they didn't, if drugs and hormonal treatments or whatever weren't part of the equation, well, then, yeah, that person's going to develop as a male and have an unfair advantage. And now, and again, it's that whole gray area. So what do we do now? It's like, okay, this person can because they've taken treatments to yep. become a woman. And it's just it's yep. just all part of the... Well, I would even say, I don't know Leah Thomas's story. In fact, I'm to be honest, I hadn't heard about it until this weekend. I know it's an older story, but I just sort of mm-hmm. got caught up because she won. Uh, the very first transgendered person to win an NCAA championship. Um, so I know this story's been around for a while. Uh, we got to get to uh, Dan Duran's news, and then our f- friend Tim from uh, Florence is going to check in. Yes? No, I, you know, it's another thing. It's. I would like to see discussions with other transgender people in the same position as Leah Thomas and see what they think. I think you might. I don't think that would be uh, necessarily black and white either. Them going, yes, she should be able to compete. Yes, she should. It would be interesting just to, you mm-hmm. know, get a collection of people in the same position that aren't in sports. What they think 
of the situation. And, and I, I'm totally mm-hmm. in agreement in terms of having a discussion and not seeming like, well, I'm I'm transphobic. I'm not. No, and I'm not doing that. And, and yeah. And even though I think there are circumstances inside this story that are not black and white, there's no debate that there's an unfair advantage. If you're a 22-year-old already established elite Mm -hmm. athlete in your sport, that's a different set of circumstances. In the meantime, what about this? Hold on a second. I know. It's like, hang on a second. Get a mouse. Get a mouse. Get a mouse. Have you ever tried it? Pardon? Have you ever tried it? (laughs) Jesus. I have no time for the mouse debate right now. Okay. But I, you know what? I appreciate you. When are you going to come visit? I don't know. I'll bring a mouse next time. Bring a mouse. I got an extra mouse. All right. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential <laughs> anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside With Humble and Fred News Not, uh, we've already done the egg farmer with the chicken up his ass Where will Dan Duran take us now? With the story, is Dan Duran Oh, so much news to cover from 83-year-old Maury Povich wrapping up his 30-year-old show to Chinese militarizing their man-made islands and, well, the Russians. But let's focus on dildos. Yes. Believe it or not, sex toys have not been regulated, even though their sales have increased substantially over COVID like it's a multi-billion dollar industry it's still kind of in the wild west as uh, most fall under a novelty toy loophole section of people's standards or whatever so now for the first time the international organization for standardization the iso which is you've seen that label yeah iso certified It's an independent intergovernmental group that sets safety standards for many industries. They're getting in the game. So ISO 3533, sex toys, design and safety requirements for products in direct contact with genitalia, the anus, or both, outlines the design requirements of things like butt plugs, vibrators, dildos, and anything that's intended for sexual stimulation (laughs) or to enhance sexual pleasure. Butt plugs and dildos and vibrators and so forth. (laughs) These are a few of my favorite things. It it all began because a Swedish surgeon realized he was spending more and more time retrieving stuff out of people's buttholes. Mm Mm-hmm. So he conducted a study where he found that in about 40% of cases where patients came to the hospital uh, with something stuck up there, it was a sex toy. So uh, there's requirements that uh, will be uh, needed to meet the new standard. Making sure butt plugs, beads, and things that go up the butthole can't stay up there. (laughs) Yeah, but doesn't... Or could be retrieved by a medical professional if needed. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it all depends on your ass, too. Like beads that would come in and out nicely of one person's ass might not someone else's ass. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be very tough to to hit those standards. They'll have to be doing some testing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. going to be Speaking testing. Of, uh, do you think this mouse would go nicely? Up? <laughs> 
This mouse would go up your ass. No problem. It's nice and smooth on the edges. It's not that wide. You know. You know, Dan. And it has a cable attached to it, yes. So now, that's <laughs> right. As long as, long, yeah, you can. as long as something to anchor it. Um, so what is the point of this story that uh, yeah. standards have to be met now if you're going to put things in your holes? Right. There's all kinds of standards that could go into from chastity cages and cock rings to uh, heating mm. elements that shouldn't exceed a certain temperature. Mm. Really anything that goes into uh, the genitalia should be what? smooth and free from but burrs. Is it, but and, isn't this futile when people are, are, are putting rodents up there? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can have all the standards you want with sex toys, but what's what, how's that going to help with a goddamn I, I, like, I, gar- I guarantee you the guy who put the chicken up his ass wasn't going, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if this chicken's sanitary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, before I forget, Boone sent me this song. Do you guys remember this? The Gandarvis? Because we played this at CFNY The Edge, but he said uh, he loves this. It's called The First Day of Spring. But I don't... I don't remember this, Howard. Yeah, I me neither. Yesterday when he sent it, I thought, I don't remember this song. I, I know the Gandarvis. Yeah, yeah, and we played uh, their music. Uh, I just thought I'd uh, break in with a brief spring interlude in between stories. So, Dan Duran, what your, is your second story ready to go? Yes. Fantastic. Yes. The Sonoran Desert Toad is believed to be the only amphibian that produces the hallucinogenic MEODMT. It's a venom, which is increasingly being touted as an effective treatment for mental disorders and addictions. The toad is listed as threatened in New Mexico, where it remains vulnerable to poachers and and rustlers. Uh, It's supposed to uh, give you a feeling of eternal bliss and ego death. Whatever that means. Hmm. Uh, Toad venom proponents are divided between those who insist that milking straight from the source is the only way to to go, and those uh, who abdicate for the synthetic version of the venom, which apparently is is you know just as good at doing whatever it does. Okay, there you go. Is this the the frog? Is this the frog that people were licking it? I didn't realize you had to milk it. No, this is a this is a. a poison toad that you need to actually get. I don't think there's any licking this particular toad. Because you remember that I, I toad. I did do the toad research. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember the uh, the toad story, licking the toad. There was yeah, people used to lick this things. toad. I thought it was this toad, but maybe it was a different toad. <laughs> toad, toad, of a, toad of a different venom. Have people, Dan. Yes. Do you have any records of people sticking this toad up their ass? No, I didn't do that research. All right. I spent all my uh, ass research on the, uh, on the, <laughs> the ISO <dildos>. standard. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you spent your ass research on the chicken thing earlier in the yes, show. Yes, I did. Like, what kind of a like what uh, what kind of a frenzy do you have to have worked yourself into? <laughs> That's right. Grab a rodent and go, oh, here's an idea. Uh, that's what I said to you earlier. Grab the I said, ferret. Grab the ferret. <laughs> that's what I said to you. What are the decisions you made yeah. leading up to and including, yeah. I know what I'll do. I'll put a chicken in my ass. I think there's a total disconnect on consequence of action. Yeah. So, like, you, you, you've come with, the, you, you figured out the first part. Yes. Get it in there. Yeah. Uh, for pleasure would be the second part. Right. The goal. But extraction would be something you'd want to consider when you're going to that length, you'd think. Well, if you remember, the first line of that story I read you a couple hours ago was that he was inebriated. Right. Well, yeah. that, that does uh, affect Well, he'd be story. relaxed, maybe, which would allow yeah. the chicken. <laughs> I 
<laughs> the chicken. Listen, the anus stretches. You've seen it. You've seen it in movies. The anus can stretch. So can it an entire chicken head be up there? That's what he tried to do. That's why the chi- he was going head first, I think. No, but it said it was clucking. So oh. how could it be clucking? Oh, so he went Remember? claw first. That's right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Unless they could hear it clucking from inside. Within. Yes, inside his cavity. But I. But, again, but there would be mean, a lot. We could of... talk about this all day. This is yes, just some fucking guy sitting behind his computer thinking I'm going to write this story and I'm going to hit send and see what happens. Yeah, well, this is what happened. Hey, Can listen. What happened? Here's Can the fun part of it, though. Whether it's whether it's uh, real or not, we're having fun with it. Yeah. Can I'd we back say. it up just a second there? You, didn't you? Didn't you just say that you, we've seen it in movies? Um, yeah. Films. Films. Adult films. Adult films, Dan. Oh, I see. Oh, like, oh, you do? Like, you pretend uh, you don't know they exist? Uh, well, no, I, I, I was thinking Hollywood. I was going to maybe uh, <clears throat> less mainstream. I, I didn't. Uh, no, I'm only thinking we've seen. I've seen. So have you. Uh, you know, videos, films, whatever you want to call where things larger items than you could imagine are being Tell inserted. Us. Tell us, Dan, you haven't seen that great classic ass crackers. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Dan. Come on. It won many awards at the porn at the porn awards in, <laughs> in Las Vegas. Las Vegas exactly. <laughs> ass funny. crackers. Dan, check it out. Okay. We should ask Richard Krause about it. Mm. That's right. Krause will be on tomorrow talking about some uh, Oscar movies and such. Uh Daniel. By the way, uh, I have a recommendation. Uh, it's topical, and yes. I noticed that net- Netflix got on it uh, yesterday. For some reason, it popped up in my Netflix uh, suggestion. Suggestion, Jono. Yeah. Was the uh, Servant of the People. Like, if you can handle uh, subtitles, which I'm doing a lot. You know what? I've done a lot of subtitles lately. Yeah. But I've found that, you, you know, like sometimes you watch a movie or something and you're doing other things. You can't with subtitles. I no, forget. And I start watching yeah. it. Oh, I can't. I can't do anything else. Yeah, anyway, sometimes I'm like, people. oh, yeah, I don't speak Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This Finnish show. Uh, but the uh, the Servant of the People is the is the show that really broke out. uh uh, Zelensky's career, mm. and uh, that show oh. is now available, so you can oh. watch it. It's called Zelensky's career. No, it's called Servant of the People. Oh, I see. It's a sitcom. Well, it wouldn't go sitcom because there's no. It's not a three camera, you know, audience shoot. It's oh, a <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but it's a it's a, it's comedic, a comedy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I, I will tell you. Uh, by the way, Dandaran's news today brought to you by HealthGage. Go to healthgage.com and put in the promo code HumbleFredHG for fifteen percent off at checkout. HealthGage, the watch that is revolutionizing the health industry by keeping track of all your your vital signs that are vital. That's why they're called vital signs now. <laughs> Uh, All your vital signs are on your wrist and on the app. Healthgage.com, promo code HumbleFredHG. Um, I heard about this documentary when I was in California. I didn't want to watch it before I got on a plane and came home, but I watched it last night. I think you guys would find it of interest. It's called uh, Downfall, the case against Boeing. And it's about a 90-minute documentary. Did you watch it, Dan? Yes, I've seen it. it was uh, as soon as it came out, I I was on that one. Yeah, very interesting about the yeah. the Boeing seven thirty seven Max and and such. But you know, anyway, it's worth your watch if you're interested. If you remember the story? The two planes went down within five months of each other. One of the things I think the average person would take away, and I and I 
I did as well, which is just how safe aviation is. Mm. It, it really is. In fact, 2018, the year where these the first accident happened, mm-hmm. um, the prior year was the first time in aviation history that no commercial airline in the world had an accident. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Boeing, which had which is the gold standard of safety and and uh, manufacturing, etc., mm-hmm. the fact that they had two accidents in five months is what made this so remarkable. But Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm saying too much. Just go have a look at it. It's worth your time. Yeah. Remember, the I used to have conversations with my mother like that all the time. Because her and my dad didn't do a lot of things in their retirement years because she was afraid to fly. Yeah. And having those conversations with her mom. Look at the statistics. I would show her stuff. But, you know, easy to say. But she could never get over that hump that or you know to to accept that it was probably the safest way to travel safer than a car really isn't it statistically oh, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah for sure mm-hmm. we'll be over like that. Yeah. like aviation and general aviation mm-hmm. doesn't have the safety statistical record that that professional mm-hmm. aviation does but i was really there was a lot of stuff that came up in there yeah i mean you got to be a bit of a nerd to enjoy but i i really liked it and, and i mm-hmm. um i can see that you did too daniel Oh yeah, yeah, and also I found it interesting how the uh, the corporate structure because it's all about how that changed and yeah. the focus was not so much on safety but more on profit and how that kind of altered their uh, their trajectory. The focus went from safety to shareholder return, and safety was sacrificed in, along with three hundred plus human beings. And not intentionally, I don't think. No, but as part of that structure. reduction in safety. But but yeah. generally, has that path created more deaths or has it been corrected well like you the, say they sac- they sacrifice safety for money is that ongoing now and are we seeing a rise in problems or uh no like the um they were back in the air they've been back flying now for a couple of years in fact i think i was on a 737 max um really? Well, here's the thing. The 737 has been around since the late 60s. Okay. The reason that the 737 Max was created was instead it was cheaper to refurbish the original plane than come up with a brand new plane to compete with Airbus, which had sort of taken over their market share. Anyway... No, also, it had, the training of pilots was it wasn't regarded as that you had to train pilots to fly the new plane. Yeah, and that was the problem. Yeah, well, but, part, uh, no, part of the problem was they wanted to create a new a new thing without having to retrain the entire world's fleets hmm. who are flying these airplanes. Because that's a sales advantage. It wouldn't cost as much to, right. for, for the airlines and, to train. And, you know, I felt bad. You know, the fact that these families, and I, I was going to go look it up today, but at the end of the movie, um, Boeing paid a $2.5 billion fine. And as they say in the postscript, uh, to avoid being open to prosecution, I'm assuming, by the families of the victims of these crashes. Hmm. And by the way, speaking I'm, I'm, of... You know what I'm going to have to do? I don't know. Check it out. By the way, speaking of which, there was a Chinese airliner that crashed. Yeah, it was a 737. It was a 737? Yeah. Yeah, the Boeing 737. Now, I don't know if it was a MAX or just a regular... Uh, well, anyway. I don't think it's a MAX because they said it was uh, that plane had been flying for six or seven years. Oh, okay. 
Um, All right. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow, Mark Hebs. I'm sorry. Tomorrow, uh, Richard Krause will be here. And thanks to Mark Hebsher for being here today. Also, Mark Saltzman on the show tomorrow. Romanuk on uh, Wednesday. And Darren Dreger on Thursday's show. Dan, do you have oh Dan and do you have anything else? Freddie, are you all done your stuff? Uh no, I'm gonna tell you about the retirement sharp our you, buddy. I wish you would Timmy, do that. Timmy Niblet. Yeah, do it. Who is a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, uh, Tim, hey, licensed on both sides of the border, and you know, more and more we realize we have podcast listeners, uh, Hundy Peers, uh, uh, on both sides of the border. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And Tim has uh, got a lot of clients from south of the border. So just so you know, that's an option if you're listening. Uh, Tim can help you with your uh, current portfolio. Have a look. Tell you whether you're on the right track. Uh, no, Listen, no strings attached. No obligations. If you want to build something for scratch, uh, from scratch, He's the uh, the guy to talk to as well. He's Tim Niblett. He's the retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. You know, the doctor said when they found the guy with the uh, chicken up his ass, he said, listen, next time, just choke the chicken, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just next time, just choke it. Your Don't try again. and put it up your ass. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and do like I do, totally forget about this show until tomorrow. Tomorrow.